Welcome to Make Money Count, the podcast by Connect Home Financing. Be sure to visit makemoneycount.com to find all of our old episodes. Be sure to rate, comment, and review on all of your favorite podcast platforms. If you want to send us a question, please send us a question to hello at connect.ca. That's connect with an A. If you're not already a subscriber, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Thank you once again for listening to Make Money Count. And now your hosts, Marcus Severus and Justin Turner. Hey buddy, how are you? I'm good. Yourself? Good. 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 Yeah. It's been another week. Yeah. Uh, it's just been two weeks. Has it been two weeks? It's been two weeks. Yeah. Um, and I just want to start off the podcast by and slash TV show by asking Marcus what is with his shirt. Because before the episode aired, he, I, I wanted to ask him. And then he said, let's just wait until we're on air. So, Marcus, what is going on with the shirt? Thanks for asking, uh, Justin. So uh, I got this shirt in Florence. And I thought it was a good shirt to wear today. Because we've been saying that there's going to be three interest rate hikes from the Bank of Canada. Mm-hmm. We, I've been saying that there's three interest rate hikes. And there's three little bears on the shirt. And I think that if there's more than three interest rate hikes, we'll enter into a bear market. <laughs> so if this was if this interest rate hike, if this specific interest rate hike was one of each, those bears, each one of the bears is 75 basis points. No, I know that, but but yeah. I'm saying like Oh, sorry, each one is 25, 25 basis, basis points. points. But what what bear is today's is yesterday's interest rate hike? And by the way, we're we're recording this on Thursday. Uh, March third. Maybe this one down here with the scissors. This one here, because it's he's just he's just starting to trim a little bit, uh, and then the other guy's getting ready. But it's like a bunch of spring bears. They're all like kind of getting their things ready in the garden. Uh, me being a uh, fashionista myself, what it, where is that shirt, uh, Marcus? That is a limited edition Gucci shirt. Is that right? How do you know that? Uh, uh well, just. Yeah, so there's this place in Florence called the Gucci Garden. It's pretty cool. It's like there's like a restaurant and there's like a Gucci museum and they have clothes that they only sell at this place. Hmm. And I saw it and it just looked so whimsical. And I love whimsical. It is very whimsical. Yeah. So, I mean, I figured I would pick one up. And then I, you never know when it can come in handy. I've been, it's been made fun of many times. I wore it to a Christmas party and somebody was like, this isn't an ugly Christmas party, a- ugly sweater Christmas party. From when I saw it, when I saw it from far away for the first time today, I thought it was a Christmas party. I, it's more spring than Christmas. Like, look at all the flowers on these. These flowers don't bloom in Christmas unless you live in like, I don't know, somewhere tropical or like equatorial. Equatorial. Is that a word? Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> a lot has happened in the past week. Yes. Two weeks, sorry. Last time we recorded the podcast, we were talking about, um, you know, what would possibly happen um, if if this Ukraine-Russia situation um, escalated, which it has, unfortunately. Um, I'll just say that I posted up on the Instagram over the last couple of days uh, a couple of clips from Marcus pretty much predicting how uh, things would play out over the last couple of weeks. And uh, it's pretty much to a T. Yeah. unfortunate though still it is very unfortunate yeah. you know what's weird is like we really can't figure out what 
Putin's motivation is, but we can anticipate what the economic result of that motivation is going to be for kind of the, I mean, the Russian economy, no brainer, mm -hmm. uh, but our economy and the American economy, we can kind of, we kind of see how it's going to impact us, right? Like this week's been an interesting week because we had the Federal Reserve Chairman Powell speak. We had the Bank of Canada um, speak and raise interest rates by 25 basis points. Mm -hmm. A lot of people worried about uh, the kind of impending interest rate hikes that are coming. Uh, Powell uh, intimated to the market and uh, spoke to the fact that he sees a 25 basis point increase in March for the Federal Reserve. A lot of economists were predicting a 50 basis point increase. So he's kind of already pulling that back. And um, I think it's it's important to understand what a Federal Reserve or a central bank can actually influence, right? Um, like domestically, if Canada increases interest rates, what we're really affecting change on is the supply demand relationship of money right? right so people are going to borrow less people are going to save more if interest rates increase um i think the the, the underlying problem is is that the inflationary shocks that we're seeing in the marketplace aren't necessarily a result of no longer are a result of increased borrowing and decreased savings they're more of a of a kind of specific commodity and transportation issues. Like one of the things that we posted on the Instagram account is a little while ago, we were talking about inflation and I said that it might sound conspiratorial, but it seemed to me based on the profit numbers that a lot of the major shipping companies were posting or like towards the end of the pandemic that that they were artificially increasing shipping costs and that was having a pronounced impact on the price of goods that people were buying. That is inflationary, but it is artificially inflating the price of things saying, you know, hey, it's the pandemic and the pandemic's over. Things are expensive because lots of people want them. Well, sure, things are expensive because lots of people want them, but things are also more expensive if you charge people more to get them to a destination and you cite the pandemic. So a lot right. of people used the pandemic and kind of general inflationary pressure as a bit of a, 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 an excuse to increase profits. And we saw Biden in the address that he made uh, speak specifically to an investigation that he wants to do into shipping companies and them increasing costs. So there's a lot of things here at play. I think we cannot overestimate how concerned the consumer is with inflation right now. And the consumer is very, very concerned about the inflationary numbers. Mm -hmm. As we're saying that, the consumer is also equally concerned about being able to have enough share of wallet to service debt. Um, Angus Reid did a poll recently and more than 50% of Canadians are already stretched thin. So what happens if interest rates rise further? We keep referencing Stephen Polos, the former governor or former uh, head of uh, our central bank here, who said that monetary policy is different now than it was 
five, 10, 15 years ago because of how much debt the Canadian consumer has. And a small increase in interest rates has a more dramatic increase, uh, a dr- more dramatic impact on the economy. Mm-hmm. That's important. Like it, it, these, these things are important factors to consider. Um, so it's almost like you got to balance people's fear of their debt and the price of that debt increasing against people's fear of inflation. And it's the job of our central bank to keep things stable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mentioned to you earlier, I was like, it seems a little bit like, I mean, to say it simply, it's like closing the barn doors before the horses leave. You know that saying? I do so, as of today. Infl- inflation, we have runaway inflation numbers. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's easy to say that like, so if, if you increase interest rates, it, the effect on the economy happens 12, 18 months down the road. It doesn't right. happen immediately. Yeah, it? I know. So it's easy to say, well, we're closing the barn doors after the horses left. But in fact, the horses weren't even in that barn. Yeah, they were miles down the road. No, no, no. The horses were in a different barn. Yeah. That barn, closing those doors, isn't going to bring the horses back, isn't going to scare the horses to come back. Mm-hmm. Because those horses were in a barn that housed oil or wheat or uh, transportation costs. Those are the things that are rapidly increasing in price. Mm-hmm. And increasing our overnight rate is not going to reduce the price of oil. It's going to just take a bigger bite out of people's wallets. Mm-hmm. It's going to, like any time a, a central bank acts, it's going to have an effect on kind of borrowing obviously which will slow the economy down but it's going to put consumers in more of a pinch so central bank governors are keenly aware of this governments are keenly aware of this you take more of a bite out of people's wallets the economy is going to slow down Mm -hmm. but you're going to put people in a really tough spot right yeah yeah. people are tight right now for cash they're i think the borrowing has kind of come to an end uh we'll see that soon enough in our kind of year over year month over month numbers and what we need to address is increasing oil prices, increasing uh, commodity prices, right? And I think what, what one thing that this, this crisis, uh, this war in the, in the Ukraine has, has taught us is that energy policy affects foreign policy and it affects the way countries in the world behave, right? So like... It is amazing that we have a climate change accord in Paris. It is amazing that G7 nations and, and, and developed nations around the world, most of them, are committing to reduce their impact on the economy by reducing their reliance on fossil fuels. It is not so amazing when strategically that forces those countries to rely on, let's call them like bad actors, read Russia, Saudi Arabia, China, more. It strengthens those economies. I gave Matt, I gave you a, a, what is like an infographic. You want to put that up? This is cool. Okay, look at this. Canada produces so much oil. I think we are like number five in the world in oil production. We produce more oil than we could ever use, but we still import oil, massive amounts of oil on a daily basis 
from, and you, you can't see the flags there, but from Saudi Arabia. I mean, Norway and Great Britain, Great Britain are up there, which is fantastic. But, you know, Saudi Arabia and look at Russia. Yeah. Right. Russia's the number two net um, we, exporter to us. We import by number two import uh, of oil that we get is from Russia. So that all that does is it empowers and it enriches those those governments, those economies and strengthens them. But why do you think they do that? Like, well, what's what's the meaning behind that? Like, what's the purpose? Our energy policy in Canada is it's it's like it's the whole NIMBY thing, not in my backyard. Right. We don't want to have a pipeline. Canada doesn't want to have a pipeline, mm-hmm. right? Because it'll impact our uh, um, our environment. Mm-hmm. Well, without a pipeline, we can't get oil efficiently to refineries to refine it. Mm-hmm. And it's cheaper for us to bring in oil from other countries to refine it and then send it to the States. We send like most of our oil to the United States. Right. But to get the oil to Ontario and Quebec, where we really need it, from the West Coast, it's cheaper for us to bring it in. It comes down the St. Lawrence, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, listen, I, there is no magic cure-all for this. Mm-hmm. But we have to understand that like, as much as you know, carbon credits and climate change are important, there are repercussions to every decision that we make. And we create instability in the world when we are overly reliant on kind of bad actors. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, you know, we saw it even in this thing that's it's playing out, right? Like Germany is now going to move towards nuclear energy because they don't want to be as reliant on Russia for uh, gas and, uh, and oil. We're going to start seeing a shift I, I really believe we're going to start seeing a shift in how uh, governments and economies rely on uh, others for their energy stability. Right. Hmm. Listen, guys, let's uh, take a break and then uh, we'll get back with it. We got a, uh, a fan caller came in, so I uh, have that for us to play. And he left us a message. I love uh, they left a question for us to answer. I was actually just going to say in the form of our old good friend, My back's right up against the wall here, Marcus. So let's take a quick break. (laughs) Toronto, defined by its people. Hardworking, dependable, generous, accepting, beautiful. People who need help sometimes. But when we need help the most, Our banks say no. Connect helps homeowners borrow for less. Not just today, but forever. Your home loan approved online in seconds. Funded in 24 hours. Then unbiased lending advice to get you back on track. The way it should be. I'm Marcus from Connect. Let's make money count. Matt, do we have a caller? We do. 
Hey, how's it going? I'm a long-time listener of your podcast, doing a great job. Uh, today, I just wanted to get in touch and ask about the prime rate. Uh, everybody's talking about it, and I'm kind of worried about the direction of inflation. So, just wondering what you guys think with the recent increase in the prime rate, if you think that's going to slow down this run of inflation. Let me know. Thank you. I believe that the thing that is going to slow down the run of inflation the most is the way that inflation data is gathered and presented. Mm. It's a year-over-year number. If you have a bad number one year and then a better number afterwards, that number is even more gangbusters because year-over-year, the percentage increase is higher. Right. I believe that the, the next thing that would be able to impact these inflationary numbers would be to see some of these shipping companies reduce their profit levels. I believe that we're still going to see instability in oil prices and wheat prices, and it's going to be a problem. I also believe that if you look at the monetary policy report that the Bank of Canada issued, which I know that you did not, but if you look at it, you'll see they like they list out what they believe to be the factors influencing the inflationary numbers. And they're high for sure. But the final factor was housing prices and borrowing. Right. And like I said, I mean, we saw this happen before. Like there was, there's been instances where interest rate hikes occurred. And during those instances, when you look back, the interest rate hikes didn't impact, didn't slow the housing market down as much as policy changes did, like the introduction of the stress test. Three 25 basis point increases is going to be more of a psychological, a more of a pat on the head. The Bank of Canada understands we're worried about inflation too. It's going to be less of a dramatic impact on inflationary numbers. But simultaneously, the year-over-year numbers for inflation are going to fall. And the Canadian consumer will see that and they will believe that the Bank of Canada is in charge. They're going to believe that the government of Canada has their back. And that is all that is required in this situation. Right. So to the caller, what I would say is there is so much global uncertainty. The playbook has not been written, but a rapid increase in the overnight rate, the only real purpose that it would... Uh, two purposes. Purpose number one, psychologically, the Canadian consumer will feel as though they're protected. Point number two, the Bank of Canada will have ammunition if we enter into a bear market, mm. which could happen. Could happen because of the massive increase in the price of oil. Could it, it, there are many reasons why, this, why we could enter into a bear market. Equities in the U.S. are very likely to turn negative. That changes the psychology of the American consumer. You change the psychology of the American consumer, and we're already seeing some numbers where it does look like it's changing. You better believe it's going to affect Canada. So... Our economy is in a tenuous position. We can handle 75 basis points. I don't think we can handle much more. I think that's going to come to light in July and August. And we'll be sitting around saying like, oh, geez, remember when we thought that like, some economists were predicting eight 25 basis point increases? It's 2%. That ain't happening. I'll yeah. eat this sweater if uh, interest rates go. <laughs> can we get that on? Uh, I it's guess recorded. we do have that on video. It's recorded. What else is it on, man? <laughs> I would love to see. I I know it's not going to happen too. 
you know what, man? Can I tell you something? What? If this had enough butter and mayonnaise on it, you'd eat it. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus, I think you you raised a good point there. Uh, uh, you talked that, about my dad is going to say, "Why are you so mean to Justin after hearing that?" Do you want to cut that? <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> we might. Uh, so you 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 great you raised a good point there, Marcus, about uh, um, the stress test. Do you see the stress test going up anytime or? What's the, you know, what do no, you hear? No, 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 no. Because Listen, the, that was the biggest impact on, on, on people getting into the market, I think, over the last year. Just like, just like inflation is a component of multiple supply-demand relationships at once and cannot be solved by simply affecting change in the borrower-saver relationship, that's just one component of the supply-demand chain. The housing prices are based upon multiple supply-demand relationships. So one of those relationships is, is, hey, there is not enough supply of housing, right? Like in Ontario, like we got an issue, right? Environmental issue where we've got a green belt and we've got areas that you can't build. Listen, we're building condos right now. We've got four condo development projects going on right now. Mm -hmm. You know what's affecting them? The slowness of the city of Toronto. Right. So we are willing to put units online. We've got like areas that we know we can build. We've got buildings that are at some stage of approval. But the city of Toronto is slowing it down. We need, the, the, the Canadians, generally speaking, need access to housing supply. And if you have consistent demand and supply is shrinking, prices go up. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and we're going to add in massive amounts of immigration, which is going to be great for the economy, which is going to be great for every part of the Canadian economy. Some parts will be affected negatively, but for the most part, it's going to be great. We don't have enough houses for these people. Mm-hmm. Where are we going to put them? And then we're going to complain that rent prices are going up and, uh, and condo prices are going up and housing prices have reached all-time highs. And we're going to try to change all of that just by affecting change in one part of the dynamic, just, just the overnight rate. Listen, the Bank of Canada can't fix everything. Monetary policy cannot change the price of oil. Monetary policy cannot change the price of houses. Other factors are at play here. So we can't all just go to bed at night and rest our head on the pillow and say, well, we got that 25 basis point rate increase. There we go. Listen, this comes down to one thing. You're listening to our podcast or you're watching us on TV and you're interested in what you should do with your mortgage. Stay variable. Mm. I, 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 unless there is some really, really, I, again, risk propensity has a lot to do with it. Being able to sleep at night with a fixed rate over a variable rate. Like my mom would never be able to take a variable rate. Certain people just can't, right? So yeah. call and we can, we can help you work through that. But understand that we're in a situation right now where last week the governor Canada bond yields dropped almost 50 basis points. Five-year fixed rates haven't changed yet. No, the bank's just eating that up. They're going to change. Mm. So right now, there's more fat baked into that spread than there has been in a little while. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be downward pressure on fixed rates. If you want to get a fixed rate, wait a little bit. If you want to get a variable rate, you will be happy for the next five years because things can't move as fast as they used to right now. Runaway inflation is going to be gone as a story within nine months. And the story will then become either... If, if there's been too many interest rate increases, oh, geez, the economy's fallen flat on its face. We need to stimulate it by pulling back some of these. Or 
if there's been just enough, hey, the economy's kind of humming along right now. And it's a really careful balance. And the way, if you're a central banker, the side you want to error on is the economy's humming along. Mm. You want to do everything to avoid us slipping back into a recession. The only, like the only tool they're going to have is to buy more, to stimulate the economy, to drop interest rates. You don't want to be in that constant limbo. And like I said, interest rates and the, the way you can change the overnight rate is not an immediate impact, right? It's, it's 12 months down the road impact. Mm. <clears throat> you look so worried. I was thinking about the fact that you should have introduced your shirt by saying it was like the porridge, you know, like the economy is a little too hot. The oh, that's a good one. Like Goldilocks. Cool yeah. But then there's the economy that's just right. Right. Which is the wow. exact amount of interest rate hikes that we're looking for. The Goldilocks economy. I mean, I guess I guess what a central bank. We just found an episode name. I think the Goldilocks economy. Yeah. I think what the what really what the central bankers are always looking for is to keep the economy of porridge at the perfect temperature. Yeah, yeah. So no that one people, likes a hot porridge. Yeah, so that people are eating just enough. We don't want them eating too much. We don't want them not eating. Or burning their mouth. Right. We want that porridge to be the perfect temperature. What is that, the baby bear temperature? I thought it was mama bear because baby bear is too cold, I think. But I could be wrong. I don't know, actually. Yeah, we'll look That's it not up. in my kid's bedtime uh, reading material, actually. Hmm. It's either mama bear or baby bear. Hey, great show today. We did have a good show. Yeah. You want to keep chatting offline? A lot of information. Or on the podcast and not on the TV show? Yeah. it's We call it the podcast after dark. I don't know if I'm sold on that name. No? No. But you just we just did that because we were doing it and we had a drink the last time. Right. Well, I didn't have a drink. All right, man. I had a drink. I did have a cigarette. I had a drink. Yeah. It was, it was tasty. But um, hey, listen. I mean, the number one thing we should be telling people is. Connect. Unbiased advice. The same way we speak unbiased about what's going on in the economy, we're going to talk to you in an unbiased way about what you should do with your mortgage. Mm -hmm. And if you're in a tough situation, like a lot of people are right now, you need that. You need somebody that has the information, that knows how to deal in this marketplace, and that is able to provide you with a solution to whatever you're in. That's and the you. best and the first step to that is just go on the website, enter in your address, boom. You can download an approval. You can see what, what's available to you. And then if you want to, you can speak to someone at Connect and you can speak to them knowing that whoever you're speaking to is on salary. And they make no more money or no less money by dealing with you. They just want to help. And they're all great people. Most of them are way better than Justin. Way better <laughs> than Justin. I am the best. Marcus, my back's against the wall. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to end the TV show and we're going to carry this on into the podcast. If you want to stick around, uh, head to our website. Matt will tell you all the details.
Canadian mortgage rules have changed. It's now harder than ever to borrow money. But I'm no banker. I'm a homeowner, a business owner, and a best friend. And when we needed money most, our bank said no. Thankfully, I found Connect. With just a few clicks, I was able to use a bit of the dream I built to help start a brand new one. Mom, what you do you think? So <laughs> Oh, oh my excited. god. Okay, Dad, I need you to actually fix this hat. How about a son? Oh, no, he's, oh, he's fine. fine.